Welcome and thanks for joining the Let's Talk Digital Marketing Podcast. Join host Mike Sharp of Mike'sOnlineAcademy.com as he shares valuable insights and advice, helping you to become digitally inspired. That's here on the Let's Talk Digital Marketing Podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Mick. Um, so business coach, is that, is, that, is that the right description? Yeah, business, business coach, mentor, uh, mentor, growth advisor, helping small businesses sort of get to the next level, really. Oh, great, great. And also uh, OBE. MBE, MBE. MBE, sorry, MBE, a member of the yeah. British Empire. And also, I did read you got a Queen's Downshire medal as well, QGM. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Case of being in the right place at the wrong time. Yes. <laughs> right, right. So, you... I was in the Marines, um, joined back in, I think, 1985 now, um, as a young 17-year-old. Um, and then joined the Marines, uh, had a, you know, a wonderful career through that, did just short of 24 years. Wow. Um, left in 2008 um, and just wanted to have the opportunity at that age, I was coming up to 40, um, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, it, it just seemed right to go and have a second career from there rather than wait on and on and then time was running. And not necessarily true, but that's how I felt at the time at 40. There was a lot of time to go out and, and you know, have a, have a second career and a second life. And the ministry is for young people. You know, I know 40 doesn't sound old, but when you're, when you're running around with 21-year-olds, it gets, gets old fast. Yes. So, yes. Um, so I, yeah, I, I decided to leave. Um, my wife was still serving in the Navy and she had a couple of years to go. So we thought we'd do that staggered leave where I'd leave first and then she'd follow on a couple of years later. So we weren't both leaving at the time and both having that shocker capture of, oh my goodness, what's Civvy Street about? Yeah, yes. So um, what action did you see in the forces? Did you, you in any wars? In wars. Um, well, I was in during the first Iraqi war, um, the Gulf one, um, uh, war-wise, and then I, I was more in the planning stages for, for the Afghanistan stuff. So I, although I went out there a couple of times, I didn't go out on the ground war fighting as such. Yes. It was more a case of, uh, I had a sort of a training supporting role. So I was training the guys and girls um, up to, to deploy. Um, I would then go out and see what they were up to and how the tactics needed to change and then rechange our tactics for the next bout of people we were, we were training up to send out. Yes. Yeah, I'm always fascinated by uh, the military, even though I've not been in the military. I just, in the terms of, you know, have, have it been in a situation where you have to think for yourself, you know, got no uh, leeway, no errors of, no margin of error sometimes in what you're doing. Um, I think the, the military... And one of the reasons why, and we'll come to it later, no doubt, why I went into business coaches, and the military um, make, gives you the opportunity to be entrepreneurial. Um, it's not all just rigid, hard lines, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, um, especially when, you, when you're on deployment. You, you have that, um, you have a plan that you go out to do, but actually, you know, no plan survives first contact with the enemy, as they say. So you have to change and adapt and, and look at other things, another way of doing things. And often there's bits of kit and equipment you, that you think could be better. So you, you become very entrepreneurial and start creating things. And, oh, if I was in charge, I, could, I would do it like this or like that. Um, and I, I think 
having left you know i've run businesses since i've left you know, some 12 years ago now so um yeah yeah it's just that entrepreneurial spirit that the military breeds it gives you that freedom that confidence to do it starting a business could be quite nerve-wracking um yeah. and and you know you, you'll experience that yourself and, and actually being able to um go out and do it yourself complete fresh break from the military is, is quite a challenge um, so much to learn but part one of those is how do I become a civilian yeah yeah because you're in the marines and the marines tend to be more self-sufficient uh, you have to be more yeah, I think, to be in the marines yeah I think you do other force other armed forces yeah um, with the marines um, you you get posted every two years so you know you'd start perhaps in four or five commando in Scotland and then go to Two years later, four-two commander in Plymouth. You know, it's a big change around. So you actually know more people within the Royal Marines because you you're all, you know spend a career and you you go around all the different departments and the different subunit commands. Um, whereas, you know, this isn't strictly true, but generally you join uh, an infantry regiment and you'll probably stay there for life and you know start as a young soldier and finish as a sergeant major or you know colonel or whatever. Um, so Marines, you do tend to um get moved around quite frequently yeah yeah because obviously since you've left the uh, forces you know you help uh, veterans uh, and your wife does as well uh, i believe uh, yeah so um I, I do i do a couple of things for veterans um i help um main, mainly royal Marines, um but i haven't limited it to that um with their transition to Sibby Street, help them understand the transferable skills they got, which are numerous, huge, um, great opportunity for businesses out there to take up service levers um, and bring that knowledge and that experience in. Um, a lot of people think, oh, I don't have the academic qualifications, but um, I try and convince them and, and businesses as well that, you know, these boys and girls have got, we've been to the University of Defence and they've got 20 years worth of um, military education and understanding that's given them both academic skills and qualifications but also the opportunity to put that into practical um, sense um, and what that means is that that they have a great um, work ethic when they could go and work for companies um, out on city street and a bit of loyalty and pay back and that's something that's not always out there um, for, for other, other people so yeah I, ha I help them with their transition uh, to city street um and my wife works for help for heroes um was the clinical advisor um and you know help for heroes has, has been a, an amazing charity that's grown over the years mm -hmm. uh, continue to do great work um and you know the, these boys and girls are going to need help for the rest of their lives you know we're not in iraq and afghanistan at the moment and god knows where we'll end up in the future but you know someone was injured in the falklands they still need treatment and you know until their till their last days really depending on their on their injury yeah so uh, that doesn't go away because we're not in afghanistan anymore yeah and why do you think that some military, uh, former military personnel ex-military personnel uh they make fantastic um entrepreneurs and and uh, employees as well um why do some kind of struggle do you think is it because you don't, you don't get the support yeah I, I think the the people that struggle are those that haven't had a good transition they don't understand 
what they have to offer to the civilian world and then will probably undersell themselves. Um, they'll, they'll take the uh, first job that's offered to them because they think that's all they're good for. Um, they'll undersell themselves, not thinking they've got um, leadership skills, management skills, logistic skills, project management skills, um, a whole host of, um, without going into the technical departments, you know, you look at the engineers that are out there, um, you know, so, and, and other trades that you, that you can get from the military. I mean, that, that's a great skill set to take into uh, to Civvy Street, and we, we often undersell ourselves. Um, you know, I'm going to be politically incorrect here, but I don't think the, the career transition programme that people get at the moment is, is fit for task anymore. It's outdated, um, and it, and it need, needs a revamp. Um, it's just no longer helping the boys and girls leave and, and, and find viable second careers. It'll find them a job, you know, stacking shelves or driving, or, or you may get one or two that, that get a wonderful job, but generally the jobs they get offered are not really relevant for, for work, for work what, what they could do, what they could bring to the commercial sector. Yes, yes. So did, did he go straight into supporting uh, former uh, no, so um, I thought it'd be really different on leaving the military, and I became an estate agent, which was very different. Um, oh, was yeah, I didn't see that on the on Google. I googled your name, yeah. and you came up with many different um, professions. Although it might have been a different person, a different Mick Betteridge. I was looking. No, <laughs> <laughs> two of us. Um, no, so I wanted to do something different. Um, I was always interested in property, um, and that remains to today. Um, built our own house. Uh, whilst wow. I was set your own house yeah wow uh, you said that as if it was like a everyday thing well I, I mean I, I wasn't laying the bricks and things as such it, it was more a case of project management it was a south build so you know we get the, the proper trades come in and, and um, do their bits and pieces um, so I've always had that interest in property um, obviously I couldn't afford to go straight into property development and, and buying and selling houses so um, I thought I'd do it with other people's houses, so took on a franchise for, for a letting agency um, based down in Westbourne in Bournemouth. Um, and I did that for three, three and a half years. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. It taught me how to run a business. It taught me to understand um, all those bits and pieces that I didn't get in my transition that would have been really useful. Um, and then my wife was still serving, so post-Afghanistan, she ran the hospital in Afghanistan. Um, post that, she got posted to Birmingham. Um, and I then had to, to sell the franchise on and, and move up to Birmingham and take on a second career or another career. Um, and I did, did various little bits and pieces. I, as I ended up being, I became the military spouse following my wife's career around, which is um, which was interesting yeah. um, and sort of a turn on the tables. But but it does happen. Um, but it gave me a good understanding of what families go through when their loved ones are deployed. Um, and and that, that gave me a great insight to, you know, servicemen and women go away and do their thing and you know that's what they're trained for and that's what they, they love doing but you know you're leaving the wake that family of you know young kids and growing up without a parent mm. um spouses being away trying to deal with everything on their own everything from you know plumbing issues to paying the bills to day-to-day -day life on your own so that that's a real challenge um so that gave me a really good insight to um life on the other side i suppose um uh, and so, yeah, I, I managed to, to follow Carol's career around a bit until she left in 2015. Um, and then she joined Hagra Heroes. So her, her nursing care continued, looking after the, the, the wounded, injured and sick um, from 
you know, from, from the nursing times, from the times running the hospital in Afghanistan, through to their continued care um, as, as wounded um, civilians is what they are now. Yeah. yeah. They probably won't like to be called civilians. They're <laughs> wounded veterans, I suppose. Because yes. one of your, your main messages uh, in your business is you can't do all do it all yourself, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. And, and entrepreneur is uh, you know it's one person, but they can't do everything. Yeah, and I think any, anyone that's been in business or is running a business out there, um, the entrepreneur is the person that has the great idea and the dream, the passion. Sometimes it's a hobby, and you want you want to make some money out of it, or you turn to making money out of it. A lot of people I deal on the business coaching side now are accidental business owners in many ways, um, and they've started on their own. But what they don't realise is, you know, someone's got to do the HR, someone's got to do the accounts, someone's got to do the actual the job, the delivery, someone's got to put a strategy in place, um, someone's got to do the finances. There's all those different aspects of it, and when you start out as a sole trader, or, or you know, even if you go into partnership, you're splitting those jobs 50-50. And as the business grows, you need to get the, the right people in to do those, those tasks. Um, but when you start out, you're, you're all on your own. Yes. And, and how do you help with uh, your business? How would you help an entrepreneur who was struggling with juggling all these different... different so it's, it's about getting them to, to, to focus on, on their business, on, on the various aspects of their business. And I, I gave a few ideas there, but it could be your marketing, it could be your... You know the, the pipeline of how how do you deal with someone when they they phone you up initially and say hi i'd like to buy some of your widgets what's that pipeline what's that process how do you track them into that um and breaking down your your day and your time so that you're actually working on growing your business as opposed to just working at, at, at your business in your business um making it as a business owner and not as a job yes because i guess when you started your estate agency business it was just you on your own and um, no I, I took, took on a member of staff to help me uh, in the office there was, there was two of us went up to three of us um, uh, but I, I had the, fort the fortune of having the, the backup of a franchise uh, and you know I, you know franchise franchising does get some bad press sometimes um, but I think if you look into it um, with your eyes eyes wide open, you'll understand that you know, franchise or is there to make money um, from from you. Um, but actually, what you get there, you get all the branding, you get all the marketing, you get all the material, you get all the training. So it's a real good safety net if you're going into business for the first time. Um, and there's lots of franchise, well, so many franchises out there that whatever your passion is, I'm sure there's a franchise that will support you into that. Um, yeah. And then you can either pull away from it. Um, and go your go go your own way, or as I did, I gave a great understanding to go and work with other businesses because I understood what it meant to have you know your brand guidelines and you know what font do you use, real simple things like that. But actually, that goes round to to shaping a business. Yeah, um, and in the processes in place, and also it helps you with, with leads and it will send you know send your potential clients and things. Um, so franchise is, is a good start point um, for people if they're not really sure, but they know they don't want to work for someone else. They want to be on their own. Look at franchising, um, read, read into carefully what you're getting into. Some of them can be really expensive. Um, some of them can be really cheap. And it's the same as anything, you know, you pay for what you get in many ways. Um, I, I think I went with a really good franchise. 
Um, and when I when I left it, it, I didn't leave how I wanted to. I wanted to take on another franchise, but their guidelines were quite strict. Of, I had to have done five years before I could take on a second franchise. Um, and I'd only done three and a half, so I had to sell the franchise. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't my best plan. Um, but then I went on to other, other businesses uh, and took those skills into it. Yeah, I think people are a bit snooty about franchises, aren't they? Uh, maybe because they think it's hand over control to someone else, but it's not unnecessarily yeah. a bad thing, I don't think. And I think I went through the same process as well, is that when you start doing really well, you've done it because of the backing, the support the franchise has given you to get you up there. The more you earn, the more the franchise or takes takes um, you know, their, their commission from you. And as long as you understand that, the, the more successful you are, the more money you're going to pay to the franchiser. If you, if you get that and that's clear in your mind, then you can have a really successful career. And there's other people that have been out there doing it um 20, 20 odd years they understand that they're going to pay the franchise all but actually they get the backing and support but they've got a really good strong business um i've spoken to lots of people who went into franchising thinking it was going to be a business startup and and, and get them running and then begrudge the fact they were paying for that well franchise all you know front loading or everything to you uh first and then over a period of time takes their money back from you um that's the franchise model. So look into it and understand what the long term is, not the short term. Yeah. I mean, would you recommend a someone starting their own franchise to sell to other people? Would that be a good? If you've got, if you've got a really good business that is franchisable, it, um, I would say, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you're making money on the back of someone else doing the work. Um, but you need to be quite, quite tight on it. You need to really tie them down, what they can do, what they can't do, because it's your brand that someone could be damaging. Um, you know, if you, if you go off and do your own and you're using the Coca-Cola brand and you're out there selling Coca-Cola and it's not, it's Fanta Lemonade, I'm sure the franchise will be a bit upset on that. But if you've got a really good brand, and it's a good way to expand your business without having to be the person out there taking on more staff. Um, you're just giving them the, the tools and the brand and, and, and the support network to do it. Yeah, because I, I know bit, a lot of business coaches, um, they talk about uh, getting your business up to a point where you can then maybe sell it to someone else. And then... Well, you know. um, it's one of the conversations I have with, with business owners initially of why did you start out in this business? What was the dream? What was the hobby? Um, what was the passion that drove you to it? And, and how are you getting out of it? Because we all dive into it and we work and work and work. And then you get to a certain age and you go... How on earth am I going to get out of this? And they haven't built their business to such a with with the structure that they can step away from it, and then have, they can either have something to sell on, which is which is the ideal um, sort of solution, or, or bring someone in and, and let them run it for you and you step back from your business. A lot of business owners have no exit plan; they have no idea where it's going. They uh, you know, they they live it day to day, week to week, um, and sometimes you you know you need to think about. How do I get out of this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, would you? Is that the same for your business? I mean, are you looking at an exit strategy for the business business you're in now? Um, I know where I'd like to be to, to exit it, but what what I would like to do over the next couple of years is grow it. So I've got a number of business coaches working for me, um, de de delivering into the same sort of community and the same sort of cohort that I'm working with. Um, 
like-minded people like-minded individuals and, and then that that builds my brand and what it is that i'm trying to do to help people um there are there are you know there's lots of um business coaching franchises out there that, that, that are very supportive um you know i would like to be able to to have a team of perhaps five or six coaches that were working for me um and then i'm, I'm introducing more and more business it gives me more reach um to do what it is that i want to do and help the cohort i want to help and it's not just about going to go and make money it's helping veterans that own business or small business owners um to grow <coughs> excuse you we can edit that oh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, so as you said there your services are not just for veterans it's for small business owners too yeah so um I chose the name Veteran Entrepreneurs as a, as a play on words, really, because I was dealing, before I, before I started the, the coaching formally, I was doing it informally for lots of friends and family and, you know, people that, that start out and I'd meet them and, and, you know, they were veteran business owners. They'd been in business a long time. They'd been in the trenches. They'd been through, you know, some cases they'd, they'd been through, you know, financial crisis and then they were going through Brexit and they, they were, they were in the trenches fight, fighting as a business owner. So in many ways they were veteran owners of a business. Um, but also, you know, I, I, I like to help uh, military veterans that have left and set up in business. So it is a bit of a play on words. Um, I don't tend to try and coach the, the big corporates. Um, it's not about the holistic, the lifestyle. It, it's more about of growing your small business um, to a certain size. So I try and focus on businesses that are you know, up to 50 people staff-wise, 5 million turnover, around about that sort of size. That, that's a good business to be able to work with um, because they'll, they'll understand the challenges mm. of running the business and all the, all the other bits and pieces that go with it. Um, so be able to work with them um is rewarding in the sense that they know they can't do it all um they know they need some help and they're not afraid of, of a coach when when i deal with some some smaller businesses where it's one or two people in a the business then they tend to think well i should know all of this i know it's my business i should know how to run the business i should be asking people and support and it's um maybe it's a british thing but we don't always like to ask for help <laughs> It's like, no, I'm going to struggle on. I'm not going to go and ask for help because it's my business. I should know how to do it. Well, you know, look at look at all these sports, senior elite sports people that are out there. They've all got a coach of some kind. You know, Federer has a has a tennis coach. Doesn't mean he's better at tennis than, than Roger Federer is, um, but he helps him become a better um, tennis player. Uh, you know, most of the um, most elite sports will have a, have a coach of some kind and it's to make them better at what they do. And as a business coach, that's what my, my objective is, is to make you a bit a better business owner, to make your business better so that you can go on and win awards and take on more staff or sell the business um, you know, to, to retire. Um, it's not there to tell you how to do things. It's to work with you so you can grow your business where it is that you want your business to go. Um, but we shouldn't be fright, frightened of, of business coaches. You know, I, I go to a lot, a lot of networking um, meetings, as I'm, I'm sure you do, Mike. And, you know, you stand up and say, oh, I'm a business coach. You can see people going, oh, I'm a business coach. Who's going to tell, tell me what clothes I should wear and what I should put on my website? It's not. It's, it's about understanding what your business is and where you want to take it. Um, okay, well, let me help you get there. Um, you know, and big companies do it. You know, big corporates 
you know, or, or not all, a lot of chief execs um, in big businesses have a coach or a mentor, someone to just to bounce ideas off or say, listen, I've got a problem with, with this at the moment in my business. How do I do it? Someone that's outside of the business and not engaged, involved in the business is, is really useful. Um, it's a sounding board in, in many ways. Yeah, I mean, there are probably more businesses now in existence than there's ever been. But do you think a lot of people are a bit unprepared for what's to come when it comes to running a business? Yeah, absolutely. Be underestimated what it's going to take. Yeah, uh, and they think that the longer hours I work, the more successful I'm going to be. I, I believe it's the smarter you work, the more successful you're going to be. Um, and, you know, spending time working on your business, growing your business, setting that time aside each day. Um, some people like to do it first thing in the morning. Some people do it over lunchtime. Some people break it up through the day. But having set periods of time throughout your day, um, of every day, um, to work on your business. How am I going to grow the business? What's my next task? What's the campaign to get more clients in? How am I going to keep more clients? Um, how do I have a better product? How do I deliver a better service? If you're not focusing on how to, to make your business better, then you're just expecting it to happen. And, it, you know, there's the old adage, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always have what you've always had. So you've got to be able to change. You've got to be able to evolve. Um, and I, I do liken it to, to sports, really, because you look at you know, some elite top-level sports team, if they always play the same way, people learn how that is and find a way around it and beat them. You've got to change, you've got to evolve, you've got to bring new players in with different skill sets. Um, you've got to change your mentality in the way that you think. You've got to look at how do we grow this this club. Um, business is the same. Sports, sports is just a business, like any other names. It's how, how do you do a better job? How do you, how do you beat the competition? Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have a particular favourite uh, marketing uh, method or channel? One of my, my favourite, um, I don't know if it's marketing channel, but one of my favourite things that I always pick, every business I speak up, speak to, is they don't answer the phone, they haven't got an call answering service, at best they've got uh, a mobile phone answer phone, and when you phone up that business, you get, hi, welcome to Vodafone 02, gift gaff, please leave a message after your oh, tone. That doesn't set you up as a... We, we all have it. No, we've all been there. We've all, all have it. But, you know, what, what impression does that give the potential client? Oh, this is just a one-man band. They don't really have a good answering service. I phone some, some visitors up that ask for my support. I phone them up and they never pick up the phone. It takes me three days to get through to them. But if that's a client, clients these days don't hang around. They'll look you up on Google. They'll phone you up. Um, if they don't answer, they go to the next person on Google, the next person on Google, because someone answers the phone. Um, so... You know, number one lesson really is have a call have it's really cheap there's so many companies out there now that will answer the phone in the name of your business and say hi this is veteran entrepreneurs how can i direct your call yeah yeah you make sure you so the one the uh, company you use because when i called you um, yeah weeks ago they, they were, yeah i mean that i mean they, they do more they can do um all, all these companies are the same you know there's a num number of them out there and I, you know, I can put recommendations out if you want me to, but um, they'll do some PA staff work for you. So they'll write your social media for you. They'll um, they'll answer inquiries for you. They can do all sorts of admin aside of that. You know, they, they'll do some bookkeeping, basic 
bookkeeping for you if that's what you want them to do whatever it is that you're not good at or you don't have time for these you know virtual pas will will easily do that for you uh, i'm speaking to a friend of mine um who owns um, a locksmithing business and um he hates doing the accounts we all hate doing accounts but he, he particularly hates listening accounting he hates doing accounts so he spends you know his sundays sunday afternoons sitting down going through all his accounts doing his receipts and doing his invoices and chasing up payments and all the rest of it and he hates it because he hates it it takes him about three or four hours every sunday whereas if you get a bookkeeper in and pay them 20 pounds an hour and they'll do it within a couple of hours and i asked him you know how how valuable is your time how much is an hour of your time worth to you when you're going out doing your locksmithing and he said well it, it's you know a couple hundred pounds whatever it is to go out and fix a lock okay so why are you then spending 600 pounds of your time doing the accounts which you hate might not actually be spot on would you get someone else to do it for you yeah yeah it's a it's a killer question isn't it because uh, people don't realize that uh, they're doing unpaid work yeah and, and it's so easy to resolve so it's all unpaid work well, uh, in so many different aspects from social media and marketing to to accounts and and sales calls so many people are have changed their viewpoints and want to work from home these days um that you can you can get a stay-at-home mum that drops the kids off at school and from 10 o'clock until two o'clock they're working in your business and because they're working from home the overheads a lot less you know don't have to take them on as a full-time employee you know get take them on uh, subcontracted and um and do it as a consultant for you you know there's so many ways that you can do be more efficient with running a business these days than, than having to do it all yourself yeah and just if you took away three hours of your accounts and two hours of your marketing and um two hours doing sales a day i mean that that's a you know it could be where your day's gone well that frees up seven eight seven eight hours a day to actually work on your business to grow your business to take it to the next level and it's cost you minimal fee. Yeah. I mean, would you, could you, I don't know if it's possible to answer this. Is there a one biggest single mistake that an entrepreneur makes? Yeah, it, it's not working on their business. Not setting any time to work on their business. And, and I, I've worked, um, you know, with, with big companies in London, big corporates in London, with the CEO, um, I, I did a, a chief of staff role, which sounds, sounds very grand, but basically I was the chief of stuff. Anything that no one else wanted to do, I picked up and sort of managed. Um, even at that level, they just procrastinate. They don't get on with it. They don't focus on growing their business because they lose that sight. They think it's just going to happen. Um, you know, and some of the most successful people I've worked with is where we've sat down every day and we've spent 90 minutes, an hour. Right, how are we going to grow the business? And every day it becomes a habit. It's the first thing they do every morning when they come in. Um, so every day, not just once a week. You recommend every day. Every day. You every day. If you if you did, um, you know, an hour a day, five days a week. That's five hours a week. That's twenty hours uh, a month. All all of a sudden, you know, there's that's that's a lot of time to work on your business. Your, your business cannot not grow if you're not working on it that much time. Yeah. Start coming up with focusing on areas of your business that, that need work and attention. It could be you spend 90 minutes working on a sales plan, or it could be on a sales letter. It could be something you're going to put onto social media, but that's 20 hours work on your business, helping your business grow, 
looking for areas to take it to, looking for new clients, doing competitor research, um, understanding your market. What's the pricing doing? When's the last time you looked at your prices in your business? Um, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a one of the, one of the, one of the most fun uh, coaching sessions that I do with clients is, right, we're going to up your prices. Oh, no, I've not changed my prices for 10 years. I'm not changing now. I've got loyal clients. Okay, but you pay more for your gas, electricity, your fuel. Everything else has gone up in 10 years, and you haven't. Yeah, but my clients will leave me. Well, try it. Put your prices up 10%, 20%, and see how. And if you lose some people, actually, the uplift with everyone else will more than cover losing one or two people. Everyone understands that prices are going up. If you want to be the cheapest in the market, your business won't grow um, as, as well as it could. So it's more more about value than the, than the price. Yeah, understanding your worth, yeah. understanding what you're worth, understanding what your product, your service is worth, um, understanding your business, the way your business has evolved. Now, if you're still charging prices from, you know, pre-Brexit prices, just nothing to do with Brexit, but you know, go back five years or so, how much were you charging then? If you're still charging the same now, you're missing out on a huge, huge amount of money going into your business. And it's hard. I, I get it. It's hard to up your prices. No one likes to, to put their prices up. But it's, it's a really interesting lesson. We'll, we'll, we'll try it for a couple of months and see how many people you lose. And they don't. They might lose one or two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, assignment to do. Yeah. Well, part of part of working on your business, say, right, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to speak to half of our clients and we're going to up the price by 10%. And then we're going to just carry on what we're doing with the other half of the clients and, 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 and so we don't lose anyone. Well, let's see that half that we've upped the price, how many of them leave um, and the amount of revenue that half of my business is, is now earning as opposed to the half if I didn't change. All of a sudden, you know, I've lost one client or two clients and actually I've made X amount percent better off in my business. My business is more profitable. Yeah. Test, test and adjust. I don't, don't necessarily need to go all in, but test and adjust it. Do a little bit here and a little bit there. I'm sure, I'm sure you understand with, with all you know, digital marketing, you know, you have your A and B testing, what words work, what pitches work, does a video work better? Exactly. Um, yeah. It's all about ABT, all about testing. Yeah. I call it ABT. Yeah, I get that. That's, I like that. <laughs> I won't steal it, but I do like it. You can, you can steal it. Um, <laughs> well, I yeah, it from I someone think, else. Okay, right, good. It's not the open market then. <laughs> I think one of the other, um, the other things I really enjoy doing with clients is getting them to use video. Video on their websites, video on their social media, video emails. Because people yeah, open like up video emails. emails. That was impressive. Well, I like that one when you did that. Yeah, it, pe people will watch the email. They, if you send a page of text to, to a potential client, they go, oh, I can't be bothered doing this because we get so many emails, so many emails in our inbox. Um, but if a video pops up, chances are you'll watch it. And if you're good with your message and, and, you're, and what's coming across, people will watch it to the end and you can get your message across and you can do it in a really short space of time. Um, and if you've got fingers like mine and the, my typing skills are the speed of a striking snail, um, it's a lot quicker jump on a video and do a video message but we don't like to do it because the british thing again we don't like to go on camera we don't like to see ourselves on camera yeah. um one of the exercises that I've, I've done with, with most of my clients is okay for the next two weeks 
between our, I, I, I meet them every every two weeks for, for the coaching calls. So between this call and the next call, I want you to send me a video email every day for the next two weeks, including Saturdays and Sundays. It doesn't need to say anything, doesn't need to be, it's just, hi Mick, uh, today I'm gonna to focus on my, Google my business on my website. I hope you have a great day, lots of love, whatever. Send that to me and every single, even if it's I'm out walking the dog on a Sunday morning, it's a lovely day. Get used to going on to video. End of two weeks, it, you're so blase about it. You don't care what you look like or what you say. You don't have to have that pre-scripted thing because you, you just become more natural. Um, yeah. And people people buy from people. And if you're natural uh, on your video emails, then people will go absolutely get that person. I understand who they are. It doesn't need to be a glossy sales video that's you know cost you a few hundred quid or more. You know it can just be you. I, I've just just seen um, you do quite on our website. Um, drop me a line and let me know how I can help you, you know, what challenges you have in your business. 10, 15 seconds, send that off. Um, they'll open it and read it. They'll listen to it. Um, and the open rates are huge compared to old fashioned text emails. So that, that's been, um, been a great success tool for lots of my clients. The way that they, they've run business just from doing video emails. Yeah, that's a great tip. I like that. Video emails and sending them out every yeah. day just to get used to it. That's a good just get used to it. Send it to yourself. Send it to your, your partner. Send it to your business partner. Um, it, it, you just get more relaxed doing it. I mean, the, the power the power of the mobile phone these days, it's a really good quality, enough to send on, on a, an email onto your website for sure. And you can go there and be natural. Um, you know, I, I, I've done a lot in the past where um, especially in the winter, I, I go out with a dog in the morning. It'll be a lovely frosty morning. The sun's coming out. And, you know, you pick up on that vibe of, oh, it's great to be out this morning. I'm just out walking a dog and I'm thinking of uh, my next client and we're going to discuss Google My Business. If you want to find out a bit more about Google My Business, then drop me a line. Mm. And you've got that beautiful, you know, walking out in the woods or in the, on the countryside and it's frosty and sunny. And it's a, it makes me feel good going out and doing it. And people buy it, not buy into it in the sense of, purchasing something but they go yeah i get that it's great to get out in the mornings and clear your head um and i've done an evening you know the sun's going down i'm out um you know walking the dog the sun's going down and i have a bit of reflection on what i've done today what i've done this week um and you know what i realize is perhaps i need to focus more on uh, on this aspect of my business or the client i've been working with today who really got great gains on some of the marketing that they've done or some of the sales calls they've done or the website update they've done um and just, just send that out there to people put it on to your, your social media and very quickly people you'll become the voice of authority that people want to listen to um you don't have to do sell 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 all the time just talk, talk about what's going on in your in your business and what challenges you've got um you know there, there's um a really good book um called they ask you answer and it's all about making yourself the subject matter expert in your field mm, um okay. there's by, by a guy called marcus sheridan i absolutely recommend anyone to go and do it um and it takes your faqs that everyone has on the back of their website hidden way way deep and you know below the about us in the bottom right hand corner yeah but if you've got a, a they ask you ask question it helps with your google reviews so if you title it you know what's business coaching and then you do a, a blog or you you write an article or you do a two minute video no more than that about what business coaching is and you put it onto your website 
with people googling what is business coaching chances are that google will, will match that because google wants to help put people find the answer to their question so chances are you will match that exact search search engine uh, search um they've done on google so you know you get more and more found but if you talk about it more and more all the questions you've ever been asked in business in your business you know more than anyone else um what your clients have asked you over the years that you've been in business and if you if you can't write about that or talk about that you found about that you're missing a huge opportunity to, to win more clients even if you're you know what what's the best business coaching in the area you know well you can go to this business coach or that business and talk about other business coaches you don't have to to sell yourself because then people will trust you oh he's not just selling business coaching for his services you know, he's talking about other business coaches and the pros and cons of everyone else and what they do. And it'd be the same with whether you're a plumber or a bricklayer or, um, you know, whatever business you're in. Talk, talk about the business, because that's the question that people will search on, on Google. Yeah, and it works, works for Bing and Yahoo as well. People never, people always forget those search engines, but yeah, a lot of people are still on Bing. Now, I've come across some of the day, it's still on AOL. Well, yeah. You're not old enough to remember AOL.com. I know that. <laughs> No, I do remember AOL. <laughs> Some I remember Preston. on AOL. I, yeah, I don't know how he's on it. And, you know, Netscape is a search engine. So um, <laughs> look at different ways to use that. Wow. Well, that's that's great advice. That's great advice. Um, so drawing a, to a close on the interview. Uh, so as promised, there's a few fun questions. Okay. Uh, so I know, actually, you mentioned the book. So is that the fa your favourite book, the one you just mentioned? So, um, favorite book. My favorite book, uh, fiction or non-fiction? No, I, I don't have a favorite. Um, I, I think I have the favorite is one that I'm that I'm always reading at the time. So um, they ask you answer. I've, I've read that a number of times because I think I think it's really useful. Um, I've read a book called The Team of Teams by General Stanley McChrystal, which is how to get people to work together and how we brought that team in. That's fantastic if you're into leadership and management and growing teams. Um, but I've, I've just just bought a book on um, elite sportsmen and resilience in, in, in sports. And, uh, you know, we were talking about working on your business every day. How elite is written by Alistair Brownlee, you know, the triathlete. Uh, and he talks to a, a number of different elite sportsmen. And something that's the common thread throughout it is every day they get up and they work on their sport. They work on the finer points. How can I make myself a bit quicker, a bit faster? Um, how do I weigh a bit less weight? How can I improve um, my speed through the water, and my, my shape, you know, the dynamics on my bike? All these different aspects of it, they're working on their business, which is them and their sport. You know, how you look at Johnny Wilkinson, you know, he used to just kick that football day in, day out, hours on end. After training, he'd go out and he'd spend hours kicking the ball. That's how he became so, not how he, that's one of the reasons why he was so good um, at what he did. Because it's working on him, which was his business. He was the brand. He was he was the person that he wanted the best at. And you look at elite sportsmen. That's how they do it. Whether that be tennis or golf, you know, they, they don't just go out and play around a golf, around throwing down golf club. They're, they're out <laughs> all day, every day, and then they're working on their swing and they're working on their practice. So, um, yeah, really work on yourself and work on your business. Absolutely. Um, what is your favourite type of music? Yeah, I'm not a big music fan. And I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, 
uh, if, if I like a song that's in the charts, then I'll I'll listen to that until something else becomes an earwig for me. Um, my wife would tell you I have no musical sense and I definitely cannot dance. Um, so I don't really have a favourite type of music. I listen to all sorts, if I'm honest. Well, that's fine. Um, what's your favourite holiday destination? Love Italy. I, I love going to Italy. Um, I don't know why, there's just something about being out there, quite relaxed um, atmosphere out there. People are really nice, really friendly. So I do like going to Italy. Um, but during lockdown, we bought a camper van and I'm, I'm refinding really that the holidays of my childhood, really, Devon and Cornwall and the little coves along there, little campsites. So going away in a camper van um, to, to Devon and Cornwall has been fantastic. So yeah, they're my mm. favourites at the moment. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Okay, Mick. You've been a great guest and uh, you've given some great insights as well. So uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no, thanks for having me on. It's been great, great to chat. And what is the best way to contact you uh, if people want to know more about your business and how you can help? The, the website is veteranentrepreneurs.org.uk and the email address is coach at veteranentrepreneurs.org.uk. Um, or any of the social media platforms. LinkedIn is probably a very good one. If you're a business owner, you're probably on LinkedIn. Look up um, Mick Betteridge on, on LinkedIn. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Mick. You're, you're a star. No worries. No, great. Thanks for having me on, mate. That's right. And that's the end of the interview. <laughs>